Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, you interrupted me while I was just saying the word vaginal. Apologies. <laughs> what a terrible feminist. Shall we talk a bit about veganuary? Because I'm not going to lie. I feel really, really bad to all our lovely, lovely vegan followers. I had a pan of I... chocolate that was not vegan okay. at all. Actually, I had a pan of raisin yesterday. And there's no way that a pan of raisin is at all vegan, is it? <laughs> so depending on what type of fig you're eating, they could have nothing to do with what whatsoever. Anyway, thanks for the lovely podcast and look forward to more. Hasn't uh, that blown your mind? It turns out things are a mind. lot more complicated than we thought. Things are very complicated. <laughs> That's such a joy. And if I'm doing 60 minutes today, then I'll really feel like I can have like a big smoothie or a milkshake that's going to make me shit myself. And I'm excited about it. <laughs> Vegan milkshake though, right? Vaginal dryness at number five. Oh, another hit. Yeah. We should do this as a kind of countdown, like a kind of top of the pops. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 at, do, do. In at number five, vaginal dryness. dryness. <laughs> Welcome to episode 129 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and she is your other host, Holly Taylor. We have a lot to talk about today. We've got to cover off training for the Paris Half, insecurities about that training, motivations for running in the first place, menopausal symptoms, and lastly, figs. So first of all, we chat about Holly's training for the half. She's having all the wobbles about Paris post-COVID. Her long runs haven't quite hit the mark, although she's been doing some cross-training, and she's really worried about how things are going to go on the day. I try and soothe her fears, but I'm sure you guys can do that better than me. I talk about menopause a bit here because I've realised that periods and hormones, or lack of them, have been having an effect on my training. We talk through as many symptoms as we can before we run out of time. I'm fully aware that there are more, but also that a number of these can affect our lives and our running, and that it's important to remember that they are wildly diverse, and sometimes it's difficult to join the dots between all these different things. Have a look on womensrunning.co.uk for great advice on menopause and running. Lastly, are figs vegan? An expert weighs into the debate, and we are obviously delighted. This and more hot topics, including the ever-present veganuary wind situation, are discussed in detail. Don't say you haven't been warned. 
This episode is sponsored by Runner. Runner, that's R-U-N-N-A, is the first of its kind. It's a number one rated, fully automated running coaching service. Download the Runner app and you will be able to take your running to the next level with personalised, tailored plans delivered by brilliant coaches, including Olympian runner Steph Davis. Runner will help you achieve your goals, whether you're training for a faster 5k or your first marathon. Use the code Women's Running, all one word, and you'll get your first two weeks training absolutely free to see what all the hype is about. Basically, I just feel like Paris is going to be a bit of a shit show and I'm just going to get on with oh. it and it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, let's start from the beginning, Holly. Let's go right back to the beginning. What's wrong? Why do you think? What's wrong with Paris? What's going on? I don't know. I'm just feeling increasingly anxious about it. And I just didn't think about the the weekends um, because we've kind of already done. I don't think I've ever trained for more than one half marathon in a year. And because we did Bath only a few months ago, I hadn't really anticipated, but all of my February weekends are busy. So I'm just really, really anxious about when I'm going to fit these long runs in. Like I'm going to have to do my one from the weekend this weekend today, which for us day of recording is Monday, 30th of January, Um, rather than having already kind of got it out the way and be able to kind of look forward to the new week. So I think once I've done that, I'll be okay. That's more of a psychological thing of going into the week, not having done my long run. Um, Mm. Yeah, I'm just feeling a little bit like it might be one that I, it's a little bit horrible and I have to walk run it a little bit. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe I'll feel better after I've gone on my long run today and I just need a bit of a confidence boost. But a month really doesn't seem like a long enough time to get up from running for an hour to be able to run a half marathon. Yeah. How, I mean, how was your last How was your last long run? How, how did that feel? Um, fine. Yeah, that, that was the one that I think I felt like, I can't remember whether I already talked about it on the pod, that I think mm. I felt like I could have probably gone on for slightly longer I felt quite good about it um but I I don't know why I just feel like I'm kind of like it's the classic middle distance conundrum I think where as the distances start to get you know four or five miles feel like they're not much longer than a 5k and so they feel not too horrendously scary compared to what I would usually kind of plod along for but when you start to get kind of six seven then they start to feel a little bit more scary. And I think I'm just having that a little bit, that I've got mm-hmm. six to, de- to do today, though technically an hour is what I'm doing today. Um, mm. And I know it's only 10 minutes longer than I ran last time, but I think just psychologically it starts to feel more like the big leagues and mm. also more difficult to start fitting them in with the whole concept of time and worrying about about time I start to I'm starting to worry about how I might be able to do this like I'm doing today where I can fit them in on a Monday lunchtime or or a Friday morning or something but if I can't do them on a weekend um Mm. I know it'll be fine I think I'm just overthinking and I need to go back to that thing of just looking at the week ahead of you rather than looking at 
rather than worrying about the distance up and up and upping because I just keep thinking I can't believe it's a month and I'm still only on those kind of numbers of runs but also they feel like quite long runs at the same time so it's like oh I feel in that funny weird middle phase of training I suppose oh my god I feel that I totally I totally Mm. get you I totally get you I think um I think, I think, right, number one, don't underestimate all the training that you've done over the past 18 months, let alone the la- what you've done for the last couple of months. And that's very know, true. You know, you can do it because you've done it. You know, the miles mm-hmm. are there in your leg. I remember someone saying that to me and I didn't believe them. And I don't know how to make it a believable thing in your head, but y- you can do it and you know what it feels like to do it. And you did it and that was really recently. And and so, you know, you can do it. I think if I hadn't had COVID in the middle, then I would feel more confident. I think I just, I don't think COVID actually has had a huge impact on my fitness. I think it's just that psychologically, I feel like I must be in a very different place to where I was in October because of the fact that I've had COVID in the meantime. But Mm. I don't think that's the case. And like you said, I think there's a lot more hidden training going on that yeah. because being completely honest with myself this is probably the first time that I've done strength training consistently like previous mm. races and stuff I have done the odd the odd bit here and there to stop me from feeling too guilty about life but this is the first time I've actually found stuff that I'm enjoying so I'm doing it really regularly and yeah. I think that's another thing that I mustn't forget is that you know, you know how much I struggled with DOMS always. And I feel like this time I know my strength training is working because I did the most horrendous hit class the other day where I basically felt like I was walking around in a squat like a frog for about 40 minutes. <laughs> and yeah. um, I never came up from the squat. And um, I was waiting for that horrendous quad pain over the next couple of days and it didn't come. So I feel like I know I can see the impact that it's all having on my body as an overall kind of holistic thing. It's just that I think I've got to have something to worry about. So this time round, rather than the strength <laughs> training and stuff, it's the running. It's the running. And right, yeah. okay, let me ask you about your other runs. Like, what about the the midweek ones? How are they and are you managing to do them and what do they feel like? Yeah. Last week I only managed to do one instead of two, and I think that's another reason that I'm feeling a little bit like wobbly about it um but I've been doing half of the time that my long runs are so it was half an hour last week and um they've been fine they've been fine they've been fine because I can do those on a lunchtime I really really like setting the timer because then I really don't feel like I have any expectation on myself like if I just want to do a super slow plod then I, I'm doing that and I'm spending half an hour doing that. And if I feel a little bit more confident, like I can run a little bit faster, then mm-hmm. I can. I also think that they've felt a lot less scary in terms of that sort of adventure aspect in my head, because usually three miles, I'd be like, okay, I've got to run all the way to Newbridge and back. And that will be about three miles. But yeah. in my head, this, and they all, and and they're involving some hills and bits whereas because it's only half an hour of plodding in my head I've just been running around the local park running around the golf course and just sort of like 
noodling about and not having a sort of destination and then I return again in mind yeah. I've just been sort of running about for half an hour and then mm. usually strategically trying to finish at co-op if it's on a Friday because my <laughs> my midweek run has one of them's been on a Friday at the moment perfect if I do that at lunchtime finish at co-op on a Friday top tip stock up on Savvy B <laughs> that is honestly makes me so happy because then I've done my I've done my run and I'm coming home with a bottle of wine and nice. um and then or like today if I'm going for a run on an earlier in the week lunchtime then I've been trying to finish at a coffee shop and then picking up like I don't know oh. a little treat lunch or a oh, nice smoothie yeah. oh it's so good that is a joy that's such a joy and if I'm doing if I'm doing 60 minutes today then I'll really feel like I can have like a big fat panini and, oh, MJ, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And a, a smoothie or a milkshake or something like really, really that's going to make me shit myself. And I'm excited <laughs> about it. Vegan milkshake, though, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah, on that front, shall we, shall we talk a bit about Veganuary? Because I'm not going to lie, I feel really, really bad to all our lovely, lovely vegan followers. <sighs> but I think this weekend felt like it wasn't January anymore for me. And, it, and I, I really didn't do very well. I had a pan of I, chocolate that was not vegan okay. at all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else did I do? There were um, there were multiple transgressions because I I mm. noted them in my head and felt guilty about them every time. You know, I was um, just about to say I did really well, but actually I had a pan of raisin yesterday, and there's no way that a pan of raisin is at all vegan, oh, is pro- it? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably pastries. Not. <laughs> pastries yeah. have been the the downfall that I would not think of because I don't think of myself as someone who eats many pastries, but Ah, clearly yes. I do. Um, did I tell you that, you know, do you remember I told you I got very excited because I'd been contacted by a very lovely person from Paul's. Oh, at Paul's. In, oh. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. going on Thursday because it's the, on. so yeah, we're, as you said, we're recording on the 30th of January and this Thursday is the London Marathon launch. And uh, so they do kind of a, a bit of a thing where, Hugh Brasher sort of talks about this that, and the other anyway so I'm going along to that mm-hmm. um and it's Thursday evening and um lovely lovely woman at Paul's said oh if you wanted to drop by and pick up so they do um and this is a, a full full plug full plug for Paul's they oh, do plug v- Paul's. Vegan. we love Paul's I am plugging Paul's they do vegan croissants and vegan other bits and pieces oh. and so um I believe Hol aren't we meeting up on Friday me and you <gasps> I think oh my I gosh. think we are. So yeah, if we said I've not, word. so I'm I'm I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Um, but I'm hoping to have some res- residual Paul pastries with me. Oh my of, gosh! If you if know. if you can spare a croissant, <laughs> spare a little croissant, sir. Yeah, yeah, for a little orphan. Yeah, I see what I can do. <laughs> oh, I would love it. Shout out to Pauls. Um, if they yes. want to give us more things, that's all. <laughs> that's the only reason I'm doing that. They did save my life, Pauls, when I was in Paris. Um, as as we have probably discussed on the pod before, I can't remember mm. whether I've discussed my general hatred for Paris, which I've been trying not to discuss too much because obviously we are all going. Um, yeah. But um, I did my I did six months there when I was in uni 
and had the most awful receptionist job with a nasty French man who used to say like, oh, there's a couple of pieces of, there's a couple of pieces of paper on the floor in the copier room. We cannot stand for this behavior. And I would walk in <laughs> and there'd be like one piece of paper that he could have picked up himself that he'd watch me pick up instead. Um, so, um, horrendous job and the only thing that cheered me up and also because I was a receptionist I wasn't allowed to take my lunch break with other people because we had to take ours uh, there were two of us and there always had to be someone on the front desk so it was like you, you had to take it at a time when nobody else was on their lunch kind of thing and um and yeah I used to go to Paul's to cheer me up and I would have a mozzarella pesto-y tomato-y baguette thing and I absolutely, it would be the highlight of my day. And then uh, on a Friday, I would also get a little mini lemon meringue tart to take home. And I would have that as a little, my little treat. Oh, you and your lemon puddings. <laughs> I bloody, me and my, such a, what a lemming. <laughs> I love, I love Paul's. So yeah, yeah I love Paul's. I've been very loyal to Paul's for, for a large amount of <laughs> my life. You've. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, that would be that would be fun. But yeah, so veganism, I think, um, uh, yeah, my it's gone all right. It's gone all right. Although I did, as I was reading a bit of, no, it wasn't. I wasn't doing Harry Potter. I was, um, I was giving Ted his kind of nightly cuddle um, last night, and he oh. said, and as I was doing so, he said, he said something like. <laughs> When will Veganuary ever end? And it was purely... Did he? Yes. And it's nothing to do with food he's having. He's sitting there eating all the sausages. It's nothing to do with that. It's purely, purely because of my wind, which is appalling. And last night was was at its last night was at its peak peak bad because of something which I am never gonna buy again, which was vegan meatballs. And they were so oh, what, bad. where were they from? I don't want to shout out because they're bad. Oh, <laughs> so. okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but they were not nice. <laughs> they were not nice. And um, I couldn't even finish them. And everyone else was having meaty ones. I don't even like meatballs when they're meat. So I don't know why I decided to get the plant version. Um, but yeah, they, they were mm. not nice. And I was, I was Trump. I was not only was I trumping, but I was in pain. So I had actual tracked. Yeah, I've been night. having that too. I hadn't really put it down to the vegan diet because I always presumed in the past when I used to, because I do get a bit of the old kind of IBS stuff. I've never been diagnosed with it. And I don't think it's, um, we talked about it on the pod before, I think, haven't we? Because you mm, used to have yeah. it really badly. Um, mm. That um, I've always wondered if it was dairy. And so I thought that dairy coming off dairy would be a really good idea but I also have actually been struggling with the old bowels a lot more than I usually yeah. would do over January and I hadn't really made a correlation but I suppose that does mean that I can probably kind of write off <laughs> cheese being the cause and it's got to be Hurrah! something else oh which yeah. is probably boring it probably means I've got to do that whole thing where you're not allowed to even eat onions and stuff you know oh like um, map thing where yeah. you have the FODMAP thing, we have to eliminate every joy in your life to work out which one is causing you horrible yeah. things. But I had a similar thing where I actually had to, Doug was so repulsed the other night um, <laughs> that I genuinely got quite concerned and I had to Google what <laughs> is, is, should I be, when should I visit a GP because of how putrid my farts are? <laughs> and 
it, I got I actually genuinely don't do that because the first thing that comes up is like colon cancer oh, horrendous no. un- incurable bowel diseases so oh. don't look up are you should I go to the doctor if my farts hum but no I no because I was no, getting really no. freaked out by it. no because I am I'm I am definitely the most foul of of the four of us in the house. I'm, and I think I'm probably the. I was going to say I'm the least noisy. I was the least noisy, but I'm definitely the most foul. And I do think, I do think I I generally am, but I have got way way worse in this in this month. But to be honest, I I get so much pleasure out of it that I don't care so much. Yeah, it's, and and you know I don't I just don't care. So I'm kind of I'm I'm all right with it, but there's definitely. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when we were talking about the things that we've learned during Veganuary and the things that I've learned is that mostly I haven't particularly enjoyed any of the um, kind of meat replacement stuff. And and even down to the fact that I was using that kind of um, the fake streaky bacon and we did it this weekend and I was like, no, actually, no, I've had enough of this. Um, so um, there are, I am so, so looking forward to, I, I do, I love my new lentil thing. I love I'm they're definite definite keepers from my time and I've really enjoyed my, oh, yeah. my change up in lunches and I'm definitely definitely going to be way more plant powered than before for sure absolutely but on Thursday we are having a roast chicken and I don't give a shit and I cannot wait <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, you just you fully deserve you fully deserve a big roast chicken. Yeah, I really like it. I think so. that's why I haven't felt so guilty about various little transgressions like pan of chocolate over the weekend. What else did mm. I bloody do? Something bad. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I had pizza because a friend came round and brought pizza, and I didn't feel like I could be like, no, I will have some some lettuce leaves and watch you eat the pizza. So I just got on with it and had a few slices of the pizza. Um, but, um, I think similarly, I didn't feel quite as bad about it because I thought, well, we're coming to the end now. Um, and we've, as of day of recording, we've got like two more days of, of veganuary. And, um, Mm. I think that instead I would like to start incorporating more, um, sustainable habits that's yes. what I've been doing with my drinking thing as well, because, you know, I had a very strict rule for myself over January where I wouldn't um, I wouldn't drink during the weeks and I would only drink on Friday and Saturday night. I broke mm. my rule last week because I went to the cinema with a friend and we had oh, a uh, and I had yeah. been being good, even if I'd kind of gone out for food or stuff like that. I, I'd had non-alcoholic stuff while everyone else had wine. Um, and I, ha- I really haven't minded it. I thought I would. And actually, I didn't mind it at all. It was absolutely fine. I quite enjoyed being the sober person. But um, I did really want to love... We went to the Tivoli Cinema. And, you know, they do like gorgeous Ooh. kind of 1920s cocktails. Yeah, super posh. Yeah. I wanted one so badly. So I was like, well, actually... I think rather than doing these kind of like slightly faddy things of like for the month, I'm I'm not going to sway from this particular rule... And then I'm just going to come 1st of February, start boozing, eating cheese, whatever else again. Instead, Mm. I feel like I want to be a little bit more, how can I make this a sustainable thing moving forward? And I know I'm not going to motivate myself to make any of them sustainable if I'm mega strict, even when I really want that pan of of chocolate or I really Mm. want that nice cocktail. So I, 
I think, yeah, I think that's why I'm making an excuse and saying it's fine because we're gonna if we're gonna take those things forward and yeah, incorporate and them into our normal routines. Yeah, yeah, I, I thoroughly agree, and I think that uh, like with with vegan stuff, I I want to be I want to be more healthy and have less red meat. So selfishly, that's one of the things I want to carry forward. I I like the idea of it being kind of environmentally a better decision if I can kind of cut out a bit more meat Mm -hmm. um so I think yeah yeah going forward I definitely want to have you know yeah less meaty days um it feels nicer and it feels nicer also to have less uh tuna because although I know that kind of oily fish is it it can be extremely good for you Tuna, tuna is kind of the the bottom of the pile in terms of the oily fish that you should be eating like you really should be having sort of mackerel and things like that shouldn't you um so it's yeah. kind of I don't know I feel making making more kind of conscious choices about what I eat and making that a thing that happens to to yeah yeah and I yeah I I agree I, that's that's I do the same thing with my drinking that my I have a hard and fast rule which actually wavers <laughs> and my hard fast rule is only drink at the weekend mm. unless I go out and because I go out quite rarely yeah. during the week during the week that but if I go out during the week it's like no I'm out I'm that's different I'm allowed to have a drink now so I I think I'm allowed to kind of shift from that position and and also because then because then you accept that you can have a little drink if you go out or a big drink if you go out um it means that mm-hmm. actually if it's midweek and and another thing happens and you're at home and you're not out and you just just fancy a slow gin at half past nine then have your bloody slow gin yeah that's what i think just you know hashtag be kind oh i completely agree hashtag be kind because <laughs> in the end what i have learned i'm going to I'm, I'm gonna back up our hashtag be kind theory here mm. that the big thing i've learned i was chatting to a friend from school about this last night actually we were catching up and we hadn't spoken in ages and she was like, oh, how's your January going? I'm being a bit boring and I've been doing lots of sort of like sensible things for my health and stuff. And I was like, so mm. have I. And I think it's actually, although it, it, it some of it is a bit boring and it is, of course, I'd like to have wine every day. Of course I would. But it's it's being kind to yourself in the long run because mm. I think it, it what I've learned is it absolutely no point berating yourself for things that might not be sort of perfect habits according to a doctor or an influencer or whoever you're getting your whoever you're deciding it's a perfect habit based on and mm. um it, and it instead I think it's about knowing what will make you feel good because not drinking so much being a little bit more thoughtful about what I eat exercising a bit more has unsurprisingly maybe but to me it's been surprising because I hadn't really correlated the two before had Mm. such a profound effect on my mental health that I feel like when I do have a couple of glasses of wine now I notice that I'm much more likely to wake up in the at three o'clock in the morning and have spinny spinny brains yeah 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 whereas Mm. I don't have that at all if I have consistent days of not drinking, then I'll, my sleep will, by the end of the week, will just be sort of, I'll be a little, a little sleeping beauty and I'll, I'll yeah. conk out for eight hours at a time and I won't wake up with any anxious thoughts. Whereas this weekend was the first weekend where I think rather than just having like a couple of drinks, I got a bit overexcited and we went out on the Saturday <laughs> 
And oh my God, the bloody anxiety. It wasn't even anxiety. It kicked in the evening of as I was going to bed. I was like, oh, wonderful. Let's think about all the reasons I'm a huge piece of shit. Oh, Holly. (laughs) I know. So I'm not saying that those things aren't, you know, also important to tackle with therapy or talking to a friend or, but I had always associated lots of those kind of health kicky things with uh, negative mental health stuff because that was my experience of them before because I'd been very, very hard on myself and actually doing it in a little bit more of an intuitive way where possible has really helped me. And for me as well, intuitive in the past has just meant drink wine whenever I fancy a glass of wine. Whereas now I'm doing it a bit more in terms of a what will my body really feel pleased about come tomorrow morning when I need to do my run or whatever yeah and you know I I find it's really interesting isn't it because we're coming we're coming at it from ever so slightly different angles um in that my angle almost always is is uh particularly from kind of 30 onwards has been all about control Mm. um Mm. and so to allow myself a lapse in control um it's you know it's kind of it's to try and kind of get my head in a space where I'm like no it's fine it's fine to not only is it fine to have a lapse but it's good yeah you know it's good to sort of shake it up a little bit and it's kind of you know you know be go on be crazy have have that gin like on a Wednesday kind of thing um Mm -hmm. but also but also as we were talking about it's kind of allowing myself to have a have a yoga day or an actual rest day when I do no exercise and see that as actually beneficial um as opposed to somehow taking away from the kind of end goal um and I think you know what I think some some for me some of the reason why that that's now okay in my head is because of COVID and because of having that little injury before Christmas (laughs) <laughs> where I had to take um, a few days off and actually realizing that that wasn't a bad thing at all. It's actually quite good for me to have had a little bit of time off. Um, and, and the COVID 100%. thing, I, I had to be, I had to be careful coming back out of COVID and I wasn't particularly. Um, and I still don't think I'm back. I still don't think I'm a hundred percent fine. No, I still feel quite, I still feel quite tired. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't feel like super fatigued like I did the week after it, but um, but running is definitely much, much harder um, mm. and much, much less fun. Um, and I, I had, you shame. know, what I had last week. I had so that would have been last week would have been one week after testing negative, if you see what I mean. Um, the yeah. all of last week, my definitely my taste and smell were very subdued I think I'm only just coming out interesting yeah that's very interesting because I don't think I had any of that and obviously that's a classic that's an OG symptom isn't it yeah I know I know and I I don't think I I have had that but I think it was you know how we both got colds just after the running show and I think um yeah. In the running show, at the running show, I was sort of fine. Then we had like, well, I had, it felt like I had a 24-hour cold on maybe like the Tuesday. Yeah, I had a bit of a like, similar thing. It, it was like a general rundown, yes. sniffly nose, slight cough thing where it was exactly. definitely not a patch on bloody COVID. But we did no. both feel not great. 
yeah, I felt crappy. And then also, oh, then I got my period. Um, and so I had those kind of, mm. so I was, I was feeling, you know how you just feel run down. So I, was, I just felt, yeah, I mean, like you said, I felt run down, had the cold, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly I realized for about four or five days, I could smell things if they were right up again, up to my nose. But even like cooking curries or um, yeah. making coffee, do, you, doing things that were very, very strong flavors and things, I couldn't really taste and, you know, until, unless I was sort of, I think it was if I was breathing out. I could taste it, but not if I was breathing in, in a weird way. Um, yeah. So very clear, but I think that's just going now. I did get very concerned. Um, but yeah, I think that's just going. But I don't, I don't that's know how good. much that that's is good. wrapped up in the, in the cold or, or whatever. But actually, I've mentioned... Yeah, it I've, could be as a result of, a, of, a, of the other cold, couldn't it? It, it might not be a COVID thing. It might just be just a bitty bog standard bloody cold thing. I have no idea, but... Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and look, I mentioned I mentioned period, and that was something I wanted to talk about, um, because um, we when when we were at the running show, you know, I did that big talk about menopause and stuff. Um, yeah, I actually had there were a couple of women that came up to me talking about menopause as a result of that chat, and I've just been thinking about it all last week because I just wrote a couple of notes here because. Um, because I, th- I think the thing that triggered it was that I got my period and I got my period like five days early and I was like, what? <laughs> and then oh realized, God. I know. And, but then I realized that the last time that had happened, um, when my cycle had been so short, it had been about a year before. And it was because I hadn't ovulated. And, um, so the thing about me is that, um, and, and I'm sure that lots of women are the same, but right now, I think my ovulation pains and outward symptoms are probably either on a par or kind of worse than period. So mid-month, it's Aww. it's much more kind of fighty and I get much more kind of tearful and I get very, very spotty. Um, so all of that mm-hmm. sort of happens in the middle. And I didn't have any of that, so I didn't ovulate at all, um, which is, yeah, I know. And so this is what this is what's happening. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm grinding ever so slowly and not, not quickly enough for my liking to a halt. Um, so which means that every so often I have this short cycle because I just don't, all the eggs are just going. I've only got like 12 left or something, but no one tells you how many you've got anyway. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, so didn't, that didn't. would be nice, wouldn't it? Just so you could just count, I know, count, count down. the periods, like the Duplo blocks we were talking about. Exactly that. Exactly. I think of it yeah. as being like a gumball machine. But yeah, you just want to know, well, if I've got 17 left at me. Anyway, so um, I was thinking about this and I was also thinking about, um, uh, well, I went for a drink with a friend on Friday. Too many drinks, to be honest. And we were talking about menopause and we were talking about taking either HRT or the pill or, you know, all mm-hmm. these sorts of things. Anyway, Never too many then, drinks right. with a friend on Friday, by the way. Oh, it was great. <laughs> oh, I saw Lex in it's the pub. It's always the best. I forgot to say. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, in my local. Oh. Little, little it mate. was Lex who bought the pizza the other day as well, just to we shame her on the pod. Friend, friend of the yeah. pod. Um, uh, so, <laughs> right. So, so I guess what I was what I was thinking about with this, oh, and that's big, also, sorry, I'm all over the place here. Um, but um, it's also to do with the fact that um, I've been having some kind of achy niggly pain kind of lower glute upper ham sort of thing um and I kind of 
diagnosed myself as having a sort of piriformis issue. Um, that's what I yeah. think it was. Um, and so then, anyway, so then when I was talking about um, menopause with Susie Chan. Piriformis Susie- Rex. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Susie Chan Sorry. was talking about um, how she had, prior to taking HRT, had been having a shoulder pain, a piriformis pain, and a knee pain. Okay. Um, goes and speaks eventually to a doctor about it who says, oh, yeah, that's classic, classic menopausal symptoms. And it's like, really? What? What? Right. So, yeah. so then I Googled it. So it, for, for this, for the purposes of today, I Googled it. I've not done anything about my piriformis at all. I've not even stretched it. I've done bugger all and I really should because every time I run, I can feel it and it's not nice. So it says, mm-hmm. so if you Google piriformis and menopause, because why not? Um, the thing, the first thing that comes up, it says, uh, women are more likely to develop piriformis syndrome syndrome due to hormonal changes that occur during pregnancy, menstruation, or menopause. Ta-da! And it's like, there you shit. go. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Shit. And then also, Susie, um, during that talk, she was talking about having pain in her shoulder. My shoulder has been buggered for a whole year. I'm just coming out of it. I thought it was like maybe frozen shoulder or some kind of impingement. It's just sort of vaguely going. Again, I've done nothing. Um, but apparently that also can be, it's joints and, and yeah. basically easing up. Don't have enough stuff. Not juicy enough anymore. It, so we need some hormone to, here's yeah. the scientific take. We need oh. some hormone to yeah. lube it up and it's to not lube it doing up. that and exactly mm-hmm. so then i was like these are mental symptoms that i don't know about right mental symptoms so i was like what i mean apart from the fucking obvious which is you know hot flushes and i mean i don't know dry vagina <laughs> i mean what else yeah, what, the what other things the classic hit so apparently there are 34 symptoms of menopause, right? But um, that doesn't mean, obviously, that you're going to experience all of them. Um, and also, lots of people say, mm, maybe maybe there's 100, maybe there's 200 symptoms, because there are so mm-hmm. many. And that's why it all goes, like, com- completely undiagnosed or, or diagnosis yeah. like um red s or, or, or no red s can be misdiagnosed people can go to people go to the doctors going i think i've got menopause and the doctors go yes you've probably got signs of perimenopause or something mm-hmm. or other and actually it can be because they're overtraining 
you know that their periods are yeah. all over the place or whatever so there's all of that sort of stuff but there's all these other things but like- super important to actually go and because to first of all make yourself aware of all the symptoms and mm. second of all to go and speak to a doctor and say no I'm sure this is something I'd really really love to have my hormone levels tested we were speaking to someone yeah. at the national running show weren't we who had exactly this and she thought I really need to make sure that I'm not going through early menopause here because I have so many of the symptoms I need to go and get my hormone levels checked yes. and that has really inspired me even I know lots of the things that I've experienced might also be symptoms of anxiety but mm. I think it does go to show that like how much our hormones can affect us our running our lifestyle our health and how often it can get misdiagnosed but sorry were you going to read the symptoms because I think as a PSA we should we should. We should. Well, uh, it, this is only one website and it's only one mm. set of symptoms. And I think there are going to be loads more. Um, but I tell you, before I do go through the symptoms, one thing I was going to think about was because because of my uh, resulting from the chat that I had on Friday with a friend very drunkenly with loads of Savvy B was um, mm-hmm. that um, up until now, I've been sort of thinking, well, HRT is only for women who are having hot flushes during the day that kind of, you know, can negatively affect their kind of working life and their kind of day-to-day life and stuff yeah. like that. So I always think it's for people with hot flushes or women that have, um, that, that are unable to sleep, that have terrible, terrible sleep as a result of kind of, um, well, mostly kind of hot flushes and things like that um, and kind of brain fog and, you know, that kind of thing. So I've just thought, well, I'm kind of okay. Mm. I don't need HRT. Yeah. Um, but when I was speaking to my friend on Friday, she was going, well, what are your periods like then? And I was like, oh, they're awful. You know, I'm, I have a horrible time with them. They're usually eight or nine days long. Um, they're really heavy. Um, and she said, because we, we're planning to run an ultra together. And she was like, you know, she's now back on the pill. Um, I hope she doesn't mind yeah. saying this. Um, she's now back on the pill, but she can run the, the pill packets together. Um, and so this was the thing that really got me. It was like, oh, yeah, this is good. Um, and I know this is Billy, you know, everyone knows this. Everyone knows you can run packets of pills together. But I've not been on the pill since I was like, I don't know, early 30s or something. And and yeah. she was like, you know, I'm on the pill. It means that her periods are like a couple of days long. It means that if she's got a race in the diary, she doesn't she can run the packets together. Yes. Interesting fact about running the packets together, though. And this may be completely outdated, but... When I was on the pill, I remember speaking to a doctor about the fact that I wanted to run the packets together. And they said, oh, we only recommend doing two back-to-back maximum Mm. um, because otherwise it can affect you in a negative way or something. I can't remember. Uh, Slightly sort of like fobbed me off with a bit of a like kind of wishy-washy answer and then I remember thinking more about it where I was like why can't I like I think I had the thing where I had yeah maybe like a sports thing and then I was also on holiday or something so I thought can't why can't I do three or Mm. more back to back together and um and I think I spoke to a friend as well who said that she had awful 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 periods so she just started never having the break so that she could fend the periods off and I looked it up online and I think that there is, uh, this might be completely outdated. So please do, we, we'll double check this information and please do, you know, speak to a doctor or check for yourself. Don't take my word for it. But I think I read that 
it wasn't that there was any evidence for that having a negative effect on you. It was just the fact that they'd never done any studies into it. They didn't know what happened if you put yeah. multiple packs back to back. And that, in I, fact, yeah. is that more kind of evidence of not much interest or research into women's health and women's hormones that could we be taking these packs back to back all the bloody time if we want to stop horrendous periods yeah I think I've had a I've had a conversation quite similar to that with Juliet before because I think there Mm. there is there it is under-researched and there is a difference obviously between the combined pill which has both hormones in it and the progesterone only pill and I think one of them progesterone only I think you can just take and take and take whereas they sort of suggest yeah because that's similar have to the, having the injection or something isn't it you don't yeah. have breaks you don't have periods yeah exactly whereas I think with the combined they sort of suggest you have a break but the, but I remember someone saying to me actually yeah there is no there is no or or there's very mm. little research to suggest why you need to have the break because obviously the bleed that you're having in between isn't a period so it's not yeah. like you're kind of allowing your body to kind of readjust in some way because it's not a period. Yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. I think in a, um, again, I believe I'm getting this information from a Netflix special. So once again, <laughs> do speak to a GP. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw something on this Netflix special that was about hormones and, and birth control and things um, about the fact that originally when the pill had been developed the break was kind of put in um, in order to um, or advised in order to make the pill feel more palatable because if yes. women were still having periods then it felt as though it wasn't interfering with sort of God's natural things too much and that that mm-hmm. would be more kind of sellable um, but this is all may- maybe welcome to another episode of Holly and Esther's conspiracy theories <laughs> <laughs> maybe we need to actually get Juliet on to talk about some of this stuff again but. yeah uh but yeah no I, th- I think I know that's the sort of that that's my received wisdom as too my received wisdom yeah. too I don't know if we've watched the same special but um but yes anyway so yeah. men- menopause symptoms right okay um before I get onto it um there is and again this is just one website and it's not verified but on this one website mm-hmm. it's I say um 20% of women will have no menopause symptoms whatsoever. So, you know, two in 10. Blimey. Women, no symptoms. So you don't have to, like you you think of men, you know, perimenopausal symptoms as being, you know, classically, I'm going to go through all this shit and it's going to be awful. And I will be like Davina and I won't know what's going on with me. And then, and it will be all beefy mm-hmm. shit and I'll have to take HRT. Actually, 20% of women don't have anything at all I know that my mum for instance she didn't take any HRT she was fine she can't even remember going through it um and yeah 60% of women so the vast majority of women would experience mild to moderate menopausal symptoms so only 20% will experience menopausal symptoms that impact their daily life but those are the people that we hear about and to be fair that is 20% of all women you know, yeah, of, that's still a lot of women, but a lot yeah, of that is that's that is that is shocking. So yeah. likelihood is you will your menopause symptoms are not going to impact your everyday life all the time. Yeah, which gives us is. all for once a bit of hope being women. Exactly, exactly. But back to the awful stuff. Um, so the thirty-four <laughs> symptoms of menopause it says here, um, I, and I can whisk through quite a few of them. Um, one of them is irregular periods, obs. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is hot flushes, uh, ofs. So uh, we know all about those. And night sweats, yeah. they put that as a secondary thing. Uh, and it's like, well, actually, night sweats are hot flushes, but at night. 
Um, yeah, but uh, I, and I get that. Um, but but I don't. I, it doesn't bother me in the slightest because it doesn't wake me up. Um, oh, that's it's good. In, insomnia. So insomnia, obviously, that can be a thing that can impact your entire life. Um, and that is one of the reasons that why is people just would, yeah yeah one of my it's, worst nightmares. It's not great, but the easy fix is hormones of some kind. So mm-hmm. um, HRT or the pill. Um, uh, Sorry to use dry. the word nightmares in front of the insomnia community when obviously yeah. yes. that's a bit of a, an oxymoron, but you know what I mean. Horrendous. Indeed. I would hate it. When my sleep Horrendous. gets fucked, I, it's my worst thing ever. It's not nice. Um, you interrupted me mm-hmm. while I was just saying the word vaginal. So oh. um, let me oh, carry apologies. on. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> what a terrible feminist. <laughs> vaginal dryness. <laughs> Uh, number five oh, another hit yeah do you another know, classic. we should do we should do this as a kind of countdown like a kind of top of the pops do 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 yeah do, 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 do. at number five vaginal dryness, dryness. <laughs> nice so that is another thing that can that can be caused by lots of things can't it because i remember speaking to a doctor about that once as a result of um Again, being on the injection, which is progesterone for a long time, that yeah. that was something that I was a bit worried about. And the doctor was like, that is a massively common symptom that oh. people don't really talk about because they get embarrassed about it, of yeah. being on progesterone, hormone, birth control stuff. Yeah. Uh, and here, I mean, it's, it is horrible data here. It says one in five women aged 42 to 53 and over and one in mm. three women over 57 experience vaginal mm-hmm. dryness. So that's not nice. Mm-hmm. So we need to lube up. Uh, lube so up in all capacities. You can right. also get, I've seen in boots, you can get specific moisturizers and stuff, can't you? If it's like all the time that's really bothering you, like you're, when you're walking, when you're running, for a prime oh example. That, really? Um, yeah, that you can get like a special moisturizer that is not irritating to skin and stuff that... Um, oh is you can use on more intimate, intimate skin without, um, yeah. So, for fu- oh. for future reference, that sounds hideous. I yeah, I I'm really not looking forward to having to the vag dryness, the cardboard vag. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, oh. the cardboard vag is is a hundred percent the way to describe it. I think not nice. And so that would that would lead me very ca- quickly I think on to number 6 which is mood swings because uh you would definitely get a bit cross with the cardboard badge wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, All of these things I mean are going to make you pretty cross so far. Yes. Yeah, change in hormone or fatigue brought on by menopausal insomnia. I mean if you've got if you've got insomnia you are going to be like basically sad and cross, yeah aren't you? you're not just going to be cross you're going to be I w- I would be weepy weepy McGee. And to add to that, we also have at number seven, weight gain. Yay. So, um, I know, brilliant. So, a drop in muscle mass as we age can also slow your metabolism. That's true because obviously you've got Mm -hmm. more muscle, then you you churn through the calories. Um, Muscle mass is said to decline by 3% to 8% every decade after our 30s. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. So, yeah, weight gain. Brilliant. Um, Well, I look forward to even more of that in my future because i've always been <laughs> cursed with a very low metabolism <laughs> marvelous uh, brilliantly <laughs> at number eight uh we have memory lapses so you can forget about the weight gain for a little bit uh, because oh, excellent you know, 
Yes. <laughs> Hurrah. Hurrah. And forget about the vaginal dryness and forget to lube up and then therefore experience more vaginal dryness. More kind of, yeah, so pros and cons. Pros, pros and cons. cons. Yeah. Uh, which then leads to nine, which is depression. Hurrah, hurrah. Hell, mm. uh, it's not a barrel of laughs, is it? The menopause so far. And and it, it carries on because 10 is anxiety. 11 is panic disorder. Mm-hmm. 12 mm-hmm. is just generally irritability, but that's my fucking life. Um, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. 13 is fatigue, brain fog, decreased libido. I mean, oh, you know. Oh, God. Isn't that just being a woman? Um, oh, and then there's mm-hmm. this one, which I can't pronounce. Um, paresthesia, which is tingling or pins and needles. Apparently that's ah, a oh. mm-hmm. We were talking about that, weren't we, with lying awake at night and having it in your legs and things. Oh, yeah, sort of restless legs. But Or, or do you mean... Yeah, actual... restless leg stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it says menopause-related yeah. paresthesia is usually benign, but in some cases can be a sign of an underlying condition, just, you know, just to make you more anxious and depressed oh um, good yeah here's one here's a weird to one to go with my to go with my colon cancer slash horrible incurable, exactly. incurable bowel disease from my farts yeah that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay here's a weird one to look out for if you have any kind of health anxiety burning mouth burning mouth syndrome Ooh. um this condition is defined by a burning sensation within the mouth similar to a burning feeling you might get after drinking a hot cup of tea so apparently that's a thing blimey um, I oh know. God, does your mouth why... suddenly feel very hot? No, my mouth feels fine, but this is definitely... You have to be really careful with symptoms, don't you? You're an absolute night. Maybe I shouldn't read these out. I am because you're just like, such... oh, that's me. I'm oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so horrendous. I, I've, I've never been diagnosed with hypochondria or anything, which is probably for mm. the best. Um, yeah. Because then I, I would just have another thing to worry about. Um, but yeah, I, I, my, my anxiety definitely is very focused around health which mm. is really, really irritating because if I find it very difficult to strike a balance between stuff like this where like you should be totally aware and it's really important to know the symptoms of things so that especially stuff that affects us as women specifically so that you can yeah. advocate for yourself and look out for yourself and at the same time feeling entirely responsible for my health, which I really have no knowledge or education on and understand very little about mm. um, because I'm not a doctor. It's finding a balance between those two things. <laughs> yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, God, it's so hard, isn't it? And that's why I do feel bad reading this out. But then I also, at the same time, I think it's probably, it's, yeah, it's to be aware, isn't it? And, and to, and for you to, re- you know, you're, you know, you're a youthful child in your twenties and none of these will apply to you in a menopausal way because they just won't mm-hmm. because you're fine. You are absolutely fine. But I can totally understand you. The more you hear this stuff, the more you're just like, Oh Christ. Oh God. Maybe. percent. <laughs> but also I mustn't do a classic me and make uh, menopause symptoms all about me when there are lots of women <laughs> actually going through menopause right now or perimenopause. And I hope that that is useful for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I think right. it's yeah, lo- lots of them. It's definitely worth us having a conversation about hormones. I would love to have mm. a chat with Juliet um, in future as well about um, about uh, who I've just remember gave us a, a a little message saying thank you for shouting her out on the last pod. She's become <laughs> the the number one, the best friend of the pod at the moment. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I would love to chat to her about um, birth control hormonal stuff 
Um, yes. Because yeah, yeah. that's something that I worry about massively because I've been on some form of, um, do we say birth control in this country? I keep thinking that sounds quite American, but we have got quite a few American listeners. So I don't know. I guess we do. Contraception, we, must we call it. That's what we, oh, yeah. we call it. Yeah. I've been on some form of hormonal contraception for 11 years of mm. my life. Mm-hmm. and without a single break at any point which I really do sometimes worry about um and how that might affect I just don't have very much of an understanding of what symptoms might be as we said before things that are, are a result of um anxiety or just part yeah. of normal everyday life or might be um signs of uh, my response to particular hormones or particular like levels of hormones um and um because I don't have I still haven't got my period back even though mm-hmm. I've been I've had the coil for 18 months now I still haven't had my period back and mm-hmm. um not properly at least and so I just have very very limited understanding of my own kind of hormonal cycles and what's going on with me hormonally so from a very selfish perspective I think yeah it, it would be great to get Juliet back in back in to talk about some of that stuff but also Let's mm. tackle some more of these menopause questions and please send in whether it's menopause stuff, whether it's contraception stuff, whether it's, you know, just like general concerns that you feel that like you're experiencing some of these symptoms, but you're not quite sure why or how or it doesn't feel like the right time to be experiencing them or whatever. Please write in and we'll try and get Juliet on and see if we can answer as many of them. I'm making this yeah. as a bold statement here <laughs> that when yeah. we haven't discussed yeah. this off the pod yet. <laughs> no, we, I, I think it's a great idea. We should definitely get her back on. I mean, I like getting her on anyway, so um, um, it makes us all she feel is good crack as well. She is, she is, and it just—it's relieving, isn't it? It's always nice to have a doctor friend. After all, I always it is think lovely to have a doctor friend. You need to have a doctor friend and a hairdresser friend, and then I think you've got all bases covered. That was always. Oh, my... I haven't got a hairdresser friend. Nor have oh. I. Need one. I would Need love. One. Okay, please apply here if you'd like to be our hairdresser <laughs> friend. I I do have a. I've we've got Juliet, who's our work doctor friend, and she knows everything there is to know. I feel about women's health. Um, and I've also got Auntie Nikki, who's my mum's oh, best friend, and she's. I love having Auntie Nikki, and she's specifically an oncologist. So for all my various concerns and woes and lying awake in the middle of the night, Auntie Nikki is the one. Oh, love Auntie Nick. She's great. Um, <laughs> I had two things that I wanted to talk to you about. No, and no, I don't know you need to stop time. right now. No, you need to stop because do I, I? Haven't finished? I haven't finished all the bloody symptoms. Oh my god! Really? Yes. <laughs> so hold your horses. I'd only got to burning oh, I'm mouth. So sorry, that was the that was the long the longest tangent we've been on yeah. in our whole lives. I, that I'm was only on kind of Billy Connolly. Holly, I'm only on. I'm only on seventeen, and we've got thirty-four. So I have to rush oh my through. God. Okay, go Anna, through. Okay. Go. Let's so, do it. Electric shock sensations. What? Fucking hell! It's going to be very difficult not to comment on all of these. I know. Um, itchiness, which is definitely worth saying because that's what Susie was saying that she was like, like relent- terribly, terribly itchy throughout her whole body was really yeah. itching, and as soon as she took HRT, it went. Um. And then there's a bunch mm-hmm. of aches and pains. So there's joint pain, muscle tension and aches, breast tenderness, headaches. Um, then you've got food sensitivities, IBS, food cravings. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of this is just like, I mean, you know, life, right? Surely. Changes in taste. Yeah. 
and apparently you notice changes in how certain foods taste this isn't in your mind um, ah. and it's due in part to reduced saliva production and dysesthesia the burning sensation so um, ah, there we go yeah there you go changes in taste may also lead to an increased preference for sweeter foods bollocks right okay um, <laughs> Interestingly, my me. dad had that as a result of after he had his stroke. He really? never ever used to like sweet foods. He never enjoyed. He used to like super spicy curries. He used to be a, a lot more of the kind of savory palate. And now he cannot stand spice and can't stop eating wine gums. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there Love we go. So there we go. Yeah, me too. Um, anyway, sorry. So another aside. Uh, Another aside, and then the rest of it, I mean, honestly, none of this sounds nice. None of this sounds nice. So I do, what I also want to do is speak about reclaiming our lives post, post-menopause and, and what's so great about it, because yeah. um, apart, apart from a lack of period, which obviously is, is a, 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 a joyous thing to look forward to for most yeah. people, perhaps. well, no, not for most people, for some people, definitely for me. Um, I'm not going to speak for all women. That's not fair. Um, but anyway, oh, so yeah, when I had my first ever period, I the first thing I thought was I was like, only 40 more years of this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. um, so to carry on, we have bloating, yay, because um, of fluid retention, um, and then it gets really <sighs> good. Thinning hair, uh, oh. brittle. Brittle nails, bladder incontinence, oh, nice. dizzy spells, Good. allergies, osteoporosis, irregular heartbeat, and that was number th- 34. So that was them. So we are done. Okay. We have got all of these enormous amount of symptoms. Um, but I think it's so important to have read them out because I think, a bit like Susie at the running show, sometimes you don't necessarily draw the dots so she didn't realize no that... why would you no why would you why... think that having tingly legs and also yes. uh feeling anxious are related or you know there's yeah exactly so she didn't she did not connect itchy skin with achy knee and and itchy mm. skin she thought was a bit of a weird one but achy knee because she is a mega runner she was like i run it's because I run. And yet as soon as she yeah. took the HRT, it disappeared. And she said it was only it was recently gone. where she, I think, you know, everyone, there was a problem getting prescriptions and stuff for HRT. And she had like a, a, a some time off, like a couple of weeks or something. And all of the aches and pains returned. So she was like, it's, you know, HRT is an absolute godsend for her. So oh my it's not God. for everybody. It is not for everybody, but it can be for a lot of people. I think it can be quite life changing mm. for people. And that's exactly how she sees it. So, um, yeah, we should so. all go and speak to all of our doctors immediately. <laughs> I actually, I did wonder whether it might be useful. Um, I was looking the other day at egg donation. I'm mm. not going to lie, mainly because you get 750 quid for doing it. Um, <laughs> so I thought maybe that would be something I'd be interested in, in doing. Um, but it turns out I can't actually because you have to be healthy on the BMI scale. And I don't think I've been healthy on the BMI scale since I was about 13. Um, so I'm not allowed to do it. But um, I was going to say that they, as part of that, give you a fertility and kind of hormone test. Yeah. And that was kind of mainly what I was quite interested in. And I was wondering whether you can have that for free in the UK on the NHS Mm. just because it's something that you're interested in and and if you like me have been on on 
hormonal contraception for such a long time that you don't have very much of an understanding of that from the kind of natural signs your body's sending you. Um, I was wondering whether that was a thing that you can just speak to your doctor about, but I don't know. I don't know. I was I was able to have um, because there's a classic test that you have if you're if you're trying to get pregnant and have been unable to, which is Mm. I I was in that position. Um, And there's a classic blood test or two blood tests that you have, um, and you have one. I think it's on day fourteen, and then you have one on day twenty one. I think, and it's to test uh, your your LH and FSH levels. So it's luteinizing hormone and follicular something something anyway it's to, it's it's kind of the rise and fall of hormones in your body as you kind of have your period and post period um yeah oh no rise in ovulation and post ovulation that's what it is so and i think that basically would give you the answers that you're asking for but um mm-hmm. i know that i was only able to get it because we've been trying to have a baby for about a year I think okay. um, with little success. And so it was a bit like, mm-hmm. please, please, can I have these things? But I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm very sure valid that that would be reserved for people who really need to do that. But, but I don't um, know. Yeah, I don't know. Worth- and I also don't know if you were to have those tests, um, if it would, if you'd need to be off any kind of contraception. Yeah, like probably. Contra- yeah, it might do. Because I don't know what that would do to those hormones. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Again, it's a Juliet question. We were speaking it? to. It's a Juliet question. Let's save mm. these for Juliet. Sorry, because I'm starting <laughs> to just bang on and use you as my personal um, anxiety reassurer now, and asking you various random questions, <laughs> um, which I tend to do. But um, I, can I tell you my two things now? Yes. Yes, you may. Right. First of all, this is kind of I. I wondered if I should have saved this for another episode, but I'm going to tell you now mm. and um, we can discuss it in more detail at another point. Mm. But I have signed up for something um, <gasps> that I'm doing in July. Yeah. And it isn't directly, it's not running, but it it's definitely going to be of interest to everybody on the pod that oh. me and a couple of friends are doing a 26.2 mile hike <gasps> over the Brecon Beacons because oh, you know we talked amazing. about doing kind of we talked about doing more trail stuff and I felt like I just need the confidence of sort of I feel like it'd be really helpful the confidence of covering that distance yeah uh, and it's very 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 up and downy it's meant to take like 12 hours or something to do the whole thing but um I just thought I'd go for it and stop thinking about it and just do it put something in the calendar I'm really looking forward to it sounds and amazing I think it's really yeah, I think it's going to really build my confidence in terms of I'm definitely going to do some trail runs as part of my training for it. Yeah. So, yeah, bit of a bit of um I know it's it's it it will be walking. I I won't attempt to run any of it because I think it's quite difficult terrain and I'm doing it with a group and I don't they're not runners, so I don't want to leave them behind. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm just really excited about that. So I'm That's going to be lovely. Walking yeah. a marathon. I'm oh, walking I'm, a marathon. Yeah. I'm I I'm jealous because I, I think that sounds absolutely lovely. That's I really can't nice. wait, honestly. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, that's so and cool. My other thing, so we'll talk about that more yeah. another time, and I'm, yes. I will keep everybody updated because I suppose that will be one of the main things I'll have to be training for after Paris. Yeah. Um, when it's walking, I suppose obviously the good thing about it is it's not exclusively. I won't exclusively have to train for that. You know, if there are other. Um, running goals that we'll have in the mm-hmm. diary and stuff, then I know that running will only kind of contribute to 
to training for that, but just thought I'd get it in there mm. to have something to look forward to. And then also I need to tell you about the fact that figs are in fact vegan. <gasps> Stop the press. Right. I go know. On. I haven't read this out on the pod yet, but I've been sitting on this email for a little while. Go. This is from Maya. Uh, who is an American listener. Uh, so she said, first of all, I, so if you haven't listened to it yet, this was an episode that came out over kind of Christmas time. Um, and it was the one that we were speaking to Molly from Vegan Food and Living. And she told us on that podcast episode that technically figs weren't vegan. We were all a little bit unsure about what we were on about. Yeah. Um, but something to do with figs crawling inside wasps crawling inside figs and dying but maya yeah. is a fig expert who's here to tell us fig all about expert. it oh my god you know we i think we literally s- joked as well like if anybody is a fig farmer we have <laughs> yeah. almost almost literally had she's not quite a fig farmer but we have almost had a letter a letter in here from a fig farmer maya <gasps> knows her shit about figs so she's going to tell us about it here tell me tell me so Go she on. said First of all, I truly love the podcast and I've listened to it religiously for the past few months. Thanks, Maya. We love you a lot. I'm training for my first marathon coming up um, this June and your insights are endlessly valuable. I mean, I would would (laughs) agree to disagree, Maya, but I'm so glad that you feel that way. Um, That's amazing. Good luck. And I'm sure you're going to smash it. Um, One of the Christmas time podcasts discussed going vegan and particularly figs. I worked Mm -hmm. in a plant nursery specializing in fruiting trees and I would like to help clear this up. There is a lot of confusion about how figs work. So I don't blame you at all. And I hope this doesn't sound crazy that I felt the need to write an email regarding figs. No, we are endlessly grateful. (laughs) Basically, the process by which a fig wasp lives inside the fig can only occur in certain mild areas where fig wasps live. Typically oh. Southern California in the US and only happens with particular types of figs called Smyr- Smyrna, I might not be pronouncing that right, Yeah. Um, or San Pedro figs. Right. But the female wasps just live there during winter, get pregnant from a male wasp visiting and then leave the fig and find a new fig to lay her eggs in, thus pollinating these types of figs. However, right. there are other types of figs that don't require fig wasps at all so depending on what type of fig you're eating, <laughs> they could have nothing to do with wasps whatsoever. All this to say, I don't think it should be a concern to, vig- to vegans when eating figs. Anyway, thanks for the lovely podcast and look forward to more. Hasn't oh, that blown your mind? It turns it out figs are a mind. lot more complicated than we thought. <laughs> figs are very complicated. But, yeah, but, but, but basically, so... unless it's a fig wasp, so it's not just your everyday, it's not your not the average, not the bastards that you see flying around. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's and it's also not probably your average fig. It's yeah. specifically Smyrna, S-M-Y-R-N-A, might be pronouncing it wrong, yeah. or San Pedro figs. And generally, you're only going to have, they're only going to be ones that have been pollinated in Southern California where fig wasps live. And also, I, it doesn't sound like the figs, are, the wasps are dying in the figs like we thought. That's, uh, that sounds like bollocks. It did sound like the inside of a fig was filled with dead wasp. I think wasp that was guts. kind of that's what, <laughs> that's what we thought. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's the case, even with San Pedro fogs, fogs, figs, <laughs> if they are, <laughs> oh my God, if they are um, made in California. It's Monday morning. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 
Oh my god! There we go. Wow. That was. Uh, I that, couldn't wait okay. to read you that email. Oh, thank you Maya. so much, Maya. I that, amazing. Yeah, that really made my day when that came in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially because it was suddenly like <gasps> fig rolls are back on the menu. Hurrah! Because <laughs> I, I really know this like whole time during Veganuary, we could have been eating figs, which you know I regularly do. So. Uh, <laughs> I lo- love a fig, me. I do I love I do a fig. Like a fig on a fig as like a sort of treat fig in a fig amongst a cheese board spread. Oh, yes. Yes. And that's actually, nice. I put loads of figs in my Christmas cake this year. And it, they, it was <gasps> just a, a thing of joy, a thing of joy to have, Ooh. yeah, little, little figgy mouthfuls. So fig- <laughs> oh, yeah. Figgy, bring us some figgy pudding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hurrah! Hurrah for figs. Hurrah. Hurrah for Maya. Hurrah for Maya. Hurrah for figs. And absolutely dive in and fill your boots, vegans, it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening. From just £2 a month, you can become one of our supporters on Patreon and join our Pod Squad gang. You'll receive a patron-only weekly newsletter from me and Holly, free access to our monthly live chats, and you can listen ad-free too. If you join our cheer squad tier, there are bonus podcasts to be had as well. Go to patreon, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash women's running to find out more. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way, you won't miss the next episode. And do email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. Happy running. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.